very warm welcome to you, Freedom Church. I'm sitting in my bus on a Friday afternoon, just enjoying the bird park here. I've seen some of my mates. Fortunately, I've been able to remember their names. I've been thinking so much about you in the hall where we used to meet as a family on a Sunday. And I battled, I still do, I battled to remember your names. It takes me a while to get your names right. I ended up calling you Erica. It's actually Emily. I end up calling you Eben. It's actually Edwin. And so then I drop it and I start thinking of some nicknames that I can call you. I start calling you, hey, how's it, my brew? If you're English. Or, hey, Butz, how's it going? If you're Afrikaans. I battle. I battle with names. But I think names are important to Jesus. And if they're important to Jesus, I think names should be important to us as well. And so today we're going to focus on just half a chapter of scripture and we're going to look at three different aspects of the name of Jesus. Three ways that the name of Jesus appears in this half chapter of scripture. You know friends, this is a very key time for us now that we're living in. And if we're going to come out of this time successfully, we've got to be aware of what the Bible says. We see right now people in positions of power don't have the answers. Presidents all around the world don't have the answers. The medical world at this time doesn't have answers. I want to say the only answer at this time for us and for the world is Jesus. These uncertain times that we're living in right now, the world's confused, friends. The only source of certainty is Jesus. And so we're going to look at three aspects today around the name of Jesus that I believe will help us deeply in the times that we're living in right now. So turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 1. We're going to look at half a chapter together and then we're going to take some golden nuggets out of this chapter together. From verse 29, the next day John the Baptist, this is him, he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, there he is. There he is. Look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. That's the first name that we see, friends. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove. And remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The one on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. That's the second aspect of the name of Jesus today. Number one, Lamb of God. And the second aspect of Jesus' name, he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Let's carry on reading verse 34. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. That's the third name of Jesus. The next day, John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, look, there's the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. This has got to be the number one priority of a Jesus church, friends. The number one priority of a Jesus church is to present Jesus in such a way that people will actually follow Jesus. Not follow leaders, they'll follow Jesus. 
I've seen and heard many people say over the years, that man, that man, that, that pastor, he's, he's my spiritual father. So and so, he's my spiritual leader. And often what ends up happening is, is that people start following the pastor. They start doing what the pastor does. They start saying what the pastor says. And I've been thinking about this for quite some time now. And I'm not saying I'm right. I think I am. But when I read about this text that those disciples stopped following John the Baptist and they followed Jesus, it made me think of a verse in Matthew chapter 23 verse 9. Jesus says, Do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he's in heaven. Now, now of course, let's be real, realistic. We've all got biological fathers here on this earth. But in the church, I believe that we need to go back to calling each other brothers and sisters. And so at Freedom Church, we are all brothers and sisters. We are all equals. There's no hierarchy at Freedom Church. Everybody serves each other equally. And we have one father figure. And that is our heavenly father in heaven, friends, who we worship and adore. Amen? So let's just push the pause button here for a couple of seconds today. Talk about the three different aspects that we've discovered around the name of Jesus. I don't know if today is a preach, sitting in my bus, looking at the dam behind me. I don't know if today is a declaration. But what I do know is that this half a chapter of the Bible, friends, is going to equip us. I really believe it can. So that we can lay hold of all the different aspects of Jesus. Because we desperately need him to minister to us, not only to us as a church, but to us as a nation, as South Africans, and to the world. And, and we see just through half a chapter of scripture how Jesus gets presented. And so we're going to look at those three today. This is the first one. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. That phrase, Lamb of God, is mentioned over and over and over through Scripture. If you go right to the beginning of Genesis, we read there when, when Abraham takes that one ram that's in the bush and sacrifices that one ram for one man. And then we go to Exodus. And Exodus, we see they put the blood of the lamb over the doorposts so that one lamb can restore and protect one family. And then in Leviticus, we read about one lamb for one nation. And then Isaiah the prophet, he writes and says, one lamb for many. But now we're reading in the book of John about one lamb who takes away the sins of the whole world. And so there are many benefits of being a child of God at this time. We have his protection through his blood. We've been covered by his blood. Jesus the Lamb of God in the past has done the most incredible thing for us, friends, by dying on the cross for us. But I want to talk for a moment about the Lamb of God in the future. In the book of Revelation, we see the Lamb of God mentioned many times. This book, Revelation, is written by John. The same John who writes this book that we're reading on now about these three names of Jesus. He writes this book, Revelation, after he's had a vision. God's given him a vision. About the end times and what that day is going to be like when the bride of Christ is going to be united with Jesus, the Lamb of God. Where you and I as Christians will be united with Jesus. 
So despite all this turmoil that we face right now, we as the bride of Christ have got something incredible to look forward to. Let's just look at one reference to the Lamb of God in the book of Revelation. Chapter 19 verse 7 says this, Let us be glad. Let us rejoice. Let us give honor to Him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. The wedding feast of the Lamb and His bride. And it says this, it says, His bride, that's us, has prepared herself. I met with a man this week in his study. We had a coffee. And he was just sharing with me about some life-changing decisions that he's recently made. He's gray now. He's getting on in life. But it made me realize, friends, it's never too late to make some life-changing decisions in your life. And so he reminded me, he said, remember my wedding in 96? He calls me Derry. Derry, you remember? A week before my wedding in 96, he says, you phoned me and you said to me, please, Der please, will you invite my brother Clinton to come to the wedding? He says, you, you asked me to invite your brother because he wasn't on the list. We didn't invite him. And when he told me this again this week, I thought, heck, that's cheeky of me, eh? To, to pick up the phone a week before this guy's wedding in 96 and say, Hey, bud, can you please invite my brother to your wedding? But he says to me, You know what, Derry? It was the right thing to do. To have your brother there. And now today, years later, this man and my brother are like this. They tight. And so today I want to ask you a question. There's a wedding coming up in the not too distant future. It's going to be a party of a lifetime. It's going to be a wedding feast of note. Don't you want to come? I checked with the bridegroom. I see what he's written in the Bible. He wants you to be there. He's invited you. Please come. There's not any other wedding that you've ever been to that's going to be quite like this one. He wants you to know that this party, the wedding feast, is actually for you. It's an open invitation for you to meet the Lamb of God face to face. It might be next week. It might be next month. Maybe next year. But it's sooner than you think. And I checked with him. The bridegroom says there's space for you to come. Will you? Will you come? Will you come, Jane? Chris. Maybe Chris is watching today. Will you come? I don't know your name, but Jesus knows your name. And if you're watching today, and if you're saying, Daryl, I want to be there. I want to be at that wedding feast. Then will you come? I'm going to go. I'm going to be there. I'm putting my hand up. Will you put your hand up with me today to say, I want to come. I want to come to that wedding feast where I get to meet the bride and the lamb celebrating together where me as the bride of Christ get to meet. The Lamb of God, will you come? Put your hand up. You pray this prayer with me. Just close your eyes. Jesus, just pray this prayer out loud. Pray it with me. I'm putting my hand up. I'm praying this prayer. Jesus, I accept you as the Lamb of God. I want to live for you. I want to live with you as my King for the rest of my life. And one day, I look forward to seeing you face to face 
at that wedding feast where we will worship our Heavenly Father forever and ever. Amen. If you pray that prayer with me, don't you want to get hold of us on social media? We'd love to chat to you this week. And so we're living in these very challenging times, friends. Not only do we look back and we see the incredible work that Jesus, the Lamb of God, has done, but we look forward to the future, to that day, one day, where we will celebrate. But Paul writes this. He says the bride, that's us, he says the bride has prepared herself. I want to ask you today, in these very uncertain times, how are we, as God's sons and daughters, as Christians, how are we preparing ourselves would you agree that by preparing ourselves we should try and live a life an example that jesus left for us perfect no never because only jesus is perfect but but trying to be more like jesus in the way that we lived in the way that he lived and the way that we live today maybe what isaiah prophesied about how jesus the lamb of god would live on this earth would give us a clue. Isaiah prophesied long before Jesus came to this world that this was going to be how Jesus was going to live. In chapter 53 verse 7, he says this. He says, Jesus was oppressed. Jesus was treated harshly. Yet, he never said a word. It's interesting. Eh? He never said a word when he was oppressed and when he was treated harshly. He carries on to say he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent silent before its shearers he did not open his mouth freedom church read the book of john let's read it together and see how jesus lived and let's ask the holy spirit living inside of us to show us how he wants us to live as god's sons and daughters because jesus gives us the holy spirit that's the second point second aspect of the name of jesus today jesus gives us the holy spirit now god always gives and takes away there used to be a song matt redmond sang it you give and take away my voice is terrible sorry but the song goes to say that jesus gives god gives and he takes away and there's many people many of my friends who cannot get their head around that theology and they often end up singing he gives and he makes away so, so if you battle with that song, you can't quite sing it about Jesus, God giving and taking away. Then, then always remember this. Jesus takes away our sins. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. He takes away our sins. He gives us the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this in John 14, that he will give us the Holy Spirit who will lead us. He will lead us into all truth. Jesus goes on to say that the world cannot receive him. How's this, eh? Because it isn't looking for him. And the world doesn't recognize him. Jesus gives us, his brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that helps us to cry out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit that gives us power. The Greek there is the dunamos, the dynamite power. That's what the Holy Spirit gives us. It's the Holy Spirit that allows us to keep in step with God and for me friends I don't know about you but I wrestle daily between living a life controlled by the Holy Spirit 
versus living a life controlled by the flesh that just wants to take over in all areas of my life. And so you might be going through a crisis right now. But when you put your head down on the pillow at night and you go horizontal. And just before you close your eyes. You reflect on the day where you were being led. Where you were being empowered. Where you were being controlled. Where you were being comforted by the Holy Spirit. There's an overwhelming peace that comes upon you. When you live a life and a day like that. I want to say to you, Freedom Church, rely on the Holy Spirit to lead you. Just one day at a time. And you will come out of this time victoriously. The third thing that we see, the third name, third aspect of Jesus today is that he's the Son of God. Chapter 14 verse 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what the name of Jesus does is that it gives us access to our Heavenly Father. And if I ask Jesus, the Son of God, to lead us as freedom to, to the Father, I would pray this, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Son of God, please lead us to the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. The Father of compassion, the God of all comfort. I had the privilege of doing a funeral service a couple of hours ago at a legend of a family's home in Centurion Gulf Estate. An incredible man. The family just wanted to have a small service in their garden. And this whole week, as I've been trying to prepare for this service, not sure what I'm going to say. Not sure what, what, what to say to this family. But I've been praying, Lord, just accomplish one thing at this service a couple of hours ago. Just accomplish one thing. Just do one thing for this family, God. Just show them your heart, Father. Just show them that you're the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. If they can just sense your compassion, Father, if they can just sense your comfort, that'll be enough. That'll be enough for them. And so Freedom Church, I pray that as you sit under the different names of Jesus today, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world, the giver of the Holy Spirit to help you overcome the flesh, and the Son of God, the one who gives us access to the Father. I pray that you would be encouraged to carry on building your life on the rock, the name above every other name. The name filled with victory. The name filled with power. And the name filled with hope. The name of Jesus. Amen.